Praise the Lord. Well, the title tonight is Tongues of Fire. I want to speak on tongues of fire. I want to refer to the truth and experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, complete with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I trust that we can receive the word tonight. Perhaps there are some here tonight that are new in the faith or new to the church and new to charismatic Pentecostal church life, and you've never even heard of the Holy Spirit, of a baptism in the Holy Spirit, complete with speaking in other tongues. Well, the Apostle Paul ran into some believers, as we'll see in his journeys. He said, we, haven't, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. So he introduced them. I pray that our hearts would be open tonight. Perhaps uh, there are some that are closed to the experience of the baptism in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. You've seen too many charismaniacs in your day. Well, I have too, but that doesn't put me off from the Word of God. I like true charismatics, spirit-filled people, and those who enter into the truths of the Word of God. I'm also here by the leading of the Lord to encourage and to strengthen the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. And tonight, tongues of fire, to see what happens when we speak in tongues according to the Word of God. And the Word of God is our great standard and our revelation. So let's look to it. You know, the aspect of the baptism in the Spirit was clearly taught in the book of Acts. And there's bits and pieces you find throughout the epistles, of course, in reference to that. It was never lost from the church, as some would say, although there was a decline from the power of the early apostolic church in the first century. But if you study church history, there was always a manifestation. There were always a people that stayed filled with the Holy Spirit, taught the baptism in the Spirit, complete with speaking in other tongues, and throughout the generations it was there. The last century, the 20th century, was called the century of the Holy Spirit because there was such so many outbreaks of the Holy Spirit that occurred throughout the 20th century, beginning in the late 1800s and early 1900s, Azusa Street and on the Pentecostal movements, the charismatic movements. And so we've come to this time in history and we want to make sure we continue the truths of God. Well, let's begin with Charles Finney. Charles Finney. 1792 to 1873, most have heard of Charles Finney, the outstanding revivalist of the Second Great Awakening in America. So in the early mid-1800s, a tremendous move of God in the United States. And he spoke this concerning the receiving of the Spirit. He said, I wept aloud with joy and love and literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my soul. I wept aloud with joy and love and literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my soul. One Baptist minister remarked about D.L. Moody, the American evangelist. D.L. Moody passed away in 1899, very powerful, influential ministry in the United States, but he also went overseas at times to the British Isles. And I have this excerpt. One Baptist minister remarked about D.L. Moody, the American evangelist. He said, when I got to the rooms of the Young Men's Christian Association, Victoria Hall, London, I found the meeting on fire. 
The young men were speaking with tongues, prophesying. What on earth did it mean? Only that Moody had been addressing them that afternoon. What manner of man is this, I thought. The truth of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very dear to us. As a church, we raise the children to understand the truth of the baptism of the Spirit. A number of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues. Most of our youth group is filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak with tongues. And I'd say a great majority of this congregation is as well and has been over the years. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't an experience for just a few. Some who are chosen to receive the gift of tongues. This isn't the gift of tongues. This is speaking in other tongues. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 120 gathered in the upper room, believers, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, born again, full new covenant, people of God, and the Holy Spirit fell like fire upon them. Tongues of fire, a tongue of fire upon each of them, the Bible says. Fire, its flame as it shoots upward, resembles tongues. And a tongue of fire rested on each of them, and it turned their tongues to fire. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and their tongues became tongues of fire, and supernatural utterance began to flow off their tongues. Speaking in tongues, supernatural utterance, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, five minutes, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, 10 minutes, speaking in tongues without interruption, 15 minutes, speaking in tongues, for 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, speaking in other tongues. And wow, that feels like a river, doesn't it? It just flows and flows and flows. This is what the Lord had in mind, that out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. These gushings of the Spirit, this language of the Holy Spirit, this prophesying, this ministry unto the Lord. And my, it sets the believers free and fills us with the Holy Ghost. In John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, Jesus, it says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, he cried out, he didn't want anybody to miss this, said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, better innermost being, out of his innermost being, out of his spirit, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But after Jesus ascended, after his death, burial, and resurrection, then he ascended to heaven, and on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended and came upon the 120 and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and their tongues became 
tongues of fire. I believe the scripture enjoins that the greatest need of a new believer after repentance and water baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Born again, baptized in water, and now in need of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 to 39, then Peter said to them, those that had gathered that day of Pentecost and had turned to the Lord, were opening to their Lord, he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, for the dismissal of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, the Gentiles, the nations of the world, as many as the Lord our God will call. Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What was Peter referring to? What just had happened that day in the upper room? Holy Spirit descended. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with supernatural tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This experience that was for all people, that's what he was speaking of. He said the promise is to you, to your children, to all who are afar off. As long as the gospel is preached throughout the ends of the earth, so long will this experience be viable in the hearts of God's people. Now this experience among many is unknown today in the Christian church in North America. It's fallen out of fervor and out of favor in many places. But not so in the developing countries. If you go to the developing countries, they are on fire with Pentecostal fire of God. They're on fire for God. Many today consider the baptism of the Spirit and speaking in other tongues as <clears throat> something too controversial. Something that's too inconvenient now. Too difficult to manage in the churches. But it's something that God desires that is set into the churches and that every one of us would be filled with the Spirit and have the experience and have the liberty and have the joy of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit flows through us in rivers of living water. In the <clears throat> mid-1960s to the late 1970s, there was what occurred in North America and spread throughout the world, the charismatic movement. And it was a great phenomenon that preachers, ministers, esteemed ministers of mainline denominations, Episcopalians, Baptists, reborn Catholics, many others, all denominations were being touched by the fire of the Holy Spirit, the charismatic movement. It was widely circulated. It could not be <clears throat> hidden. One of the main ministers was Dennis Bennett, a man out of Van Nuys, California. Esteemed church, Episcopalian, 2,600 members, and one Sunday he got up and announced, in 1960, he announced that he had been filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke in other tongues. 
Well, it sent shock, shock waves through his church and through the denomination, and he was asked to resign. He went and started a church in Seattle, Washington, and had other ministry. But all throughout the land, the great charismatic movement. I remember in 1978, 77, 78, going to one of the schools in the city of Edmonton, and there was a charismatic conference taking place. And there were, what, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand renewed Catholics standing in there worshiping God. The gift of prophecy was in operation. The gift of tongues was in operation. The charismatic move was at its height. Many people thought that with the outpouring of the Spirit across the land like that, touching every denomination, that the coming of the Lord was surely nigh. I mean, I mean, Israel became a nation in 1948, and, you know, a generation, Jesus said, all these things will be fulfilled in a generation. Many people are expecting the Lord to come by 1988, a generation, but Jesus was probably referring to the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 after the crucifixion that they bestowed on him in A.D. 30. But everybody thought... The Lord's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. The Lord must be coming. But here we are now, think about it, 40 years later, a generation later, and the fervor and the favor of the message of the baptism in the spirit and speaking in other tongues has fallen in the churches. The Pentecostals who were born, their denomination was born in the strength of this experience. Many of them have pulled back and hardly teach it at all. And so we understand that there is a battle on for this. I don't know about you, but I want my family, I want my sons and my daughters filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. I want my grandchildren filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. I want them to experience this fire of God. Tongues of fire, a flame of God resting upon them, filling them, and their tongues are loosed, and they become tongues of fire. Now notice the language. Notice the language of Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized. It's like those are fixed. Those are more mandatory. They're more commanded. Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift, and you have to receive the gift. You can push the gift off. You can close yourself off to the gift. It's something that has to be received. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues does have the strength of a command in the Word of God. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. But it also has the willingness of a gift. We have to reach out and receive it. We will have to want it in our lives and say, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of God. I mean, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. I don't know about you, but I, I want every gift that God wants to give to the church and give to my life. It's necessary. It's needed. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The baptism in the Spirit is an endowment with power. Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, says the Lord. You shall receive power. One thing the baptism is, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a baptism of power. And it gives you power over your flesh life. It gives you power over sin and temptation. It gives you power over your struggles. It gives you power over this world spirit and all that is calling the attention of the people. Sometimes people get saved. They accept the Lord and they seem to stumble and fall back to the world and come to the house of God. And there's so much struggle in their life trying to get victory, trying to overcome their flesh, trying to overcome sin and temptation. What they need is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because with the infilling of the Spirit comes power. Power to live a victorious Christian life. Power to overcome sin and temptation and the devil. It makes you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It makes you bold to be a witness. All of a sudden, you can stand for the Lord. You stand for his word and his truth because the power of God has come on your life. Matthew 3.11. It's an endowment of fire. Indeed, I baptize you John the Baptist said, with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, the Christ, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, immerse you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. A life set on fire for the Lord. A life that burns for God. A life that has passion. A life that has great excitement for the things of God. That's the Holy Spirit and fire. People on fire for the Lord. And that fire also burns through us in righteousness and holiness. Burns the dross out of our life. Burns those things out of us that shouldn't be there. And makes us holy. People of fire. The baptism puts fire into your life. Acts 2.4 And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The baptism of the Spirit will put supernatural language inside of you. That river of God that just flows out of your spirit. You speak in tongues and you find that you're in a praise dimension, worship dimension, and prayer dimension that you never knew before. It's supernatural. It comes of the Holy Spirit. Step one, Acts 2.38, repent. Step two, be baptized. Step three, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus is the one who baptizes us into the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. Ministers of God baptize new converts into water. It's the ministers who baptize new believers into water. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water or in water, a baptism of water. He said, I do that. But he said, there's coming one after me, the Christ, Jesus himself. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. It's Jesus who baptizes us into the Holy Spirit and fire. Now we receive when we're born again and accept the Lord, we do receive the Holy Spirit. 
as an indwelling spirit. The Bible speaks of that. It says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells every believer when they are born again, when they accept Christ. But there is an experience called the baptism, the infilling. Repent, be baptized in water, it's obvious, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at a couple examples in Scripture, and then I want to encourage you in speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 8, 14 to 17. I mean, how much clearer can it get? Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They only had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The Christians at Samaria repented. They saw miracles, devils cast out. There was great joy in the city. They were baptized in water, and yet the Bible says the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them in the baptism of the Spirit. Peter and John came down from Jerusalem, prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to see and hear things of the Spirit. Acts chapter 19, 1-7. There are five main passages in Acts that deal with the baptism, but I'm just dealing with two tonight. So Acts chapter 19, 1-7. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now sometimes the experience of the baptism was so quick, it was like immediately after, after they got saved, and then they got water baptized. Sometimes in the book of Acts, People were saved, water baptized, and baptized in the Holy Spirit the same day. Other times it was spread out. But listen to Paul's question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That statement would be entirely nonsensical if there was no separate experience of the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit because you would have received the Holy Spirit in full the moment you got saved or converted. So Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I mean, in regards to his own testimony, we know that he was converted on the Damascus Road, surrendered his life to Christ. He was led into Damascus and was three days in a house praying and waiting on the Lord. And three days later, a man of God came to minister to him and Bible says he laid hands on him, and the Apostle Paul, not the Apostle then, but Saul, was filled with the Holy Ghost and was water baptized. Saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, water baptized. Well, here, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. He said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him whom would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
So they put faith in Christ. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift of the Lord. Now tonight I want to close out quickly with five points. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why receive this baptism? And what does it produce? What are the results? And I want to encourage your faith tonight and encourage your speaking in tongues. Those of you that have been baptized and speak in tongues, the Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I think we should increase our speaking in tongues because of what it does, because of the power it releases. And for those here tonight that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, perhaps tonight is the night that you look into the Word of God and say, I want Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire. I got saved and I got baptized in water, but I want Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire so that I can have this supernatural utterance, these rivers flow out of my spirit. Number one, speak in tongues and you will be praising. Acts 2.11, we hear them speaking the wonderful works of God. That day of Pentecost, the 120 were speaking in other tongues. The people said we hear them speaking the wonderful works of God. When we speak in tongues, we magnify the Lord. We speak the great and wonderful works of God. Acts 11.46, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. 1 Corinthians 14, 16 to 17, the Apostle Paul said, you bless with the Spirit. You bless God with your Spirit. And he said, at your giving of thanks, for you indeed give thanks well. I want to give thanks well to God. I want to pour out my heart. You know how it is when we have our natural language, our native language. I mean, you say, hallelujah, Lord, I bless you. Lord, I praise you. Thank you, Jesus, and I magnify you. And, you know, after a couple, three minutes, you're, you, you're, you run out. Seems like you run out. But when you can shift into other tongues, you can just pour. You can pour for 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You say, Pastor Ron, should we speak in tongues for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Why not? Let's exercise ourselves unto godliness. Why only 10 or 15 seconds or 30 seconds? Why don't we increase our ability, our stamina, and pour out praises to the living God? Speak in tongues and you will be praising. Number two, speak in tongues and you will be praying. Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, building, up, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. You'll be praying. 1 Corinthians 14.4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself builds himself up, comes out of weakness into strength, restores broken down areas of the personality, mind, emotions, and will. When we speak in tongues, we're constructing an edifice. We are building up our life, broken down by sin, by our waywardness, but now being built into a holy temple in the Lord. 
Romans chapter 8, 26 to 27. <clears throat> Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, that is, in articulate speech. These are the gushings, these are the longings, these are the tongues. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He is God, the Father. The Father searches the hearts, and he knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We all have this infirmity. We all have this weakness. We don't know how to pray for things as we ought. We don't know how to pray for people as we ought. We look by the natural eyes and by the natural circumstances. In many circumstances, we don't really know what to pray. Lord, what is your will? What are you doing? But when we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we begin to lift up a need, we begin to lift up a person, we begin to lift up a situation to the Lord, and then we shift into other tongues, the Holy Spirit begins to take that prayer request, and he guides it accurately. He guides it in his will. He guides it in precision to accomplish the will of God. When you're speaking in tongues, you're praying. Number three, speak in tongues and you will be prophesying, preparing your future, planning your future. This is, the most, this is one of the most important aspects of supernatural language. Speak in tongues and you will be prophesying, declaring your future, setting your future into place. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries, Weymouth, divine secrets. Divine secrets, things that haven't been revealed yet, but the Holy Spirit wants them to be revealed in our life. When we speak in tongues, we're speaking these divine secrets, these will, this will of God to unfold in our lives, the Holy Spirit guiding our future and preparing our future. One translation says, he who speaks in a tongue is advancing his own spiritual progress. Or another, he who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. If we will speak in tongues, if we will pour out our spirits before the Lord in other tongues, we will find that God will lead us into paths, fruitful paths that we never thought possible. We will see signs and wonders. We will see miracles. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We will see things take place in our life over the years and decades that we never dreamed were possible. Because when we speak in tongues, we are creating we are creating by the Holy Spirit. He's praying through us and speaking powerful prophecies. Let there be light. Let there be fruitful trees. Let the earth bring forth. Let life break forth for this person, for this family. If you pray much in other tongues, you will see the inheritance of God unfold for your family, your sons and daughters your grandchildren. It'll be there by the power of God. It'll be there because God, by His Spirit, is prophesying through you and setting in place things to come. Call unto me.
Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will show you things you did not know. Many things we do not know, but if we will speak in other tongues and pray in the Spirit, the future will unfold. Well, I've got a couple others. Speak in tongues and you will receive rhema word. Revelation, the word of the Lord. Isaiah 28, 11, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. What a great verse. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. When we're speaking in other tongues, what happens? The revelation begins to flow. Prophetic promises begin to come. The Word of God comes alive. If you will pray much in other tongues, the Bible will come alive for you. The promises of God will come off the page. Rhema Word. And number five, in final, worship team, come. Speak in tongues and you will receive rest and refreshing. Isaiah 28, 11 to 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But we're listening tonight. We're hearing. Some would not hear. God says, stammering lips and another tongue. I want to speak to the people. This is where you find rest. This is where you find refreshing. What a glorious thing when there's so many circumstances of life. Sometimes we have such anxious moments. You know, when you go to a doctor's office and you don't know what to expect, speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. When you go to a meeting and you don't, you're not sure how it's going to work out, maybe you're going to face some hostile faces and some words. You go in there, you begin to speak with other tongues as you go toward that meeting and let the rest and the refreshing of the Lord come into your spirit because the peace of God will settle down in your heart. It'll still the anxiety. It'll still the fears. It'll break the pressure of circumstances. This powerful avenue that the Lord has given to us. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the gift of the Lord. Luke 11, chapter 13, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to good give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's ask for the Holy Spirit. Let's ask for the baptism in the Spirit if we haven't received it. Say, Jesus, I do want to speak in tongues. I want to pour out utterance. I want to praise you in a greater way. I, I want to be break the limitation of my natural mind, my natural mind. But when I can pray with the Spirit, my natural mind is unfruitful, but my spirit prays, and it's unhindered. It's accelerated. It pours out like a river from my spirit. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Ask for the Holy Spirit. Go through the Word of God and say, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Spirit. Baptize me in fire. What, do you, what can you expect? 
What can we expect as the Lord baptizes us? Well, we can expect an enveloping of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had fallen upon none of them. But when John and Peter prayed, the Holy Spirit came down on them. It's a baptism. It's an immersion. It's an infilling. It's an overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit and the life of Jesus Christ. And with it, supernatural utterance. Speaking in tongues, strange syllables and words are prompted in the back of your mind, as it were, but it's really your spirit. And as you open up and begin to speak those words, a river of God begins to flow out of your life. It's for your blessing. You know, where rivers flow, everything lives. Where rivers flow, there's life. And so this evening, let's stand before the Lord, not necessarily calling anyone to the altar tonight, but, you know, begin to tarry, begin to say, if you haven't experienced the baptism, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, would you tonight open up to the Lord and say, Lord, according to your word, I want more of you. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire and begin to wait on the Lord. It might take a season. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was 10 years of age. I've been speaking in tongues for 58 years. Hallelujah. It's been the delight and the joy of my life to be able to pour out to God that way. But you know, it took me, it took me a number of nights at the altar to come to that surrender and that place where the Lord would touch me in that way and how overwhelming it was, how beautiful it was. I remember my maternal grandmother, nominal Christian, Lutherans in Germany, Poland area, one day, a man of God came through an evangelist preaching the true gospel, and my grandfather and my grandmother were gloriously saved. They heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. My mom told me the story how my grandma was so hungry and thirsty to know the Lord, to be filled with him, to have more of him, and how she began to wait on the Lord. Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit, and you know, weeks went by. I don't know if it was a few months, and wow, she, she did not have that experience, did not feel that presence of God come and that utterance come in her life, and she almost got discouraged. But she pressed on, and one day while she was in her kitchen washing her dishes, power of the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she began to speak with other tongues, and she went out and lived a miracle life, saw scores of people brought to Christ, many miracles, many people filled with the Holy Spirit. It's for everyone, 120 in the upper room, 120 received. Let's open up tonight, say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the gift of other tongues. Let me speak in tongues, Lord. Let supernatural utterance flow out of my spirit. Let me be able to pour rivers of living water of praise and prayer for all of us tonight. I encourage you, let's speak in tongues more. The Apostle Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. 
forbid not to speak with tongues. He said, I speak with tongues more than you all because he knew the effect. He knew the power. He knew what was taking place and what would take place as he offered himself to the Lord in that way. God bless you tonight.